0: the book of Proverbs 31 this morning. I want to encourage you to stay on with us until the end. Uh, We've got a great uh, uh, lineup this morning. We will have a special video uh, at the end of the service and so we encourage you to please stay on with us and then we'll pray for all the moms and uh, believe God together with you. Uh, Very early on in ministry, um, when my wife and I uh, came and we took the church, uh, there was a lady, a mother in fact, uh, who walked in and spoke to us regarding her son. I do not remember the details on how she came about and how we were acquainted with her or to her but one of the things that began to happen is she began to come by to church and she spoke to us concerning her son and what he was dealing with her son was bound uh, with an addiction uh, to drugs and uh, she began to tell us about the pain that she was feeling Uh, she began to share with us about how difficult it was as a mother to see her son uh, deal with that and continually go down that road We began to spend time with her. In fact, for a number of years, we uh, spent time and we spoke to her. Even though she was not attending church, uh, uh, we continued on to minister and help her wherever we could. Uh, But she would often say these words. She would say, I'm done, pastor. I'm not interested to help him anymore. I'm not keen in doing anything more for him. I am done. I'm fed up. I'm sick and tired of seeing him go down this road. Every time I try helping him, he does the same thing over and over again. And I remember as we would talk to her, Yen would share with her testimonies of the people that we know and the lives that had been touched by the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And she would speak these words, but very quickly after saying those words, something would happen. And the first thing you would see is she responding to aid him and to help him again. And I think that very... Indicatedly and clearly describes the heart of any mother I know it's easier said than done We often say, I'm done, I'm sick and tired I'm going to give up on my child Let him do what he wants to do Let her do what she wants to do But I tell you, beloved as 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 much as she was fed up with all that he was doing She couldn't bear to just let him go This young man grew up in a home without a dad. And I know this young man personally, the mom, the family. And I can tell you it was not a a nice thing for them to deal with. But the reality leads me on to my first point, and that is mothers play a very significant role in families. Often it goes unseen or unannounced. It goes unappreciated. And looking at the many mothers and women in the Bible, we are going to visit a few of them this morning. There are incredible similarities that we find associated with every mother. And I want you to look with me in the book of Proverbs 31 this morning. As we look at verses 25 through 31, I want you to read this with me. And begin to allow those words to bring strength and hope to your heart as a mother. The Bible says, strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household. And does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her know or let her own works praise her in the gates. The verses we just read, in in essence, tells us that in a family, the mother brings stability. A mom brings some form of stability to the family, and you can see this in Scripture. The Bible says, through her, there's... Some level of strength. You find the word strength. You find the word honor, dignity. There's the word wisdom, kindness, blessed. Then in verses 27, she watches over the ways of a household and doesn't eat the bread of idleness. A mother is hardworking. And the Bible says in verses 30, is one who fears the Lord. Oh, what wonderful qualities we find Solomon describing a mother-to-be. What wonderful qualities we find in a mother, beloved. And this is what mothers do, whether knowingly or unknowingly. This is the stature. This is the posture. This is what they bring to the table as they have children. And as they begin to see their children grow up, as they see their children raise up. Listen, no mother is perfect. We know that. But the truth be told, when a mother is present, she carries these values and these virtues with her. I was reading and a quote, and it said, motherhood takes the strength of Samson, the wisdom of Solomon, the patience of Job, the faith of Abraham, the insight of Daniel, and the courage of David. You often find that mothers are not recognized with these values in the world we live in. Oftentimes, we seem to find that mothers are put down or looked down upon. Or can I say, many times mothers seem to be underappreciated or unappreciated. I was reading a kind of a hilarious uh, excerpt and I thought, I'll throw this in. My mother taught me religion. When I spilled grape juice on the carpet, she instructed, you better pray the stain will come out of the carpet. (laughs) My mother taught me logic. From her decisive words, because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me foresight. (laughs) Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. (laughs) My mother taught me irony. Keep laughing and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about stamina. You sit there till all that spinach is finished. My mother taught me about weather. It looks like as if a tornado swept through your room. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. My mother taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate in these children who don't have a wonderful mom like me, or like you. And so mom has a way of teaching us a lesson. And I think that comes with the virtue that's interlaid and interconnected with who God created them to be. You see, the inexhaustive list that we just read, verses 25 through 31, embodies and represents the role of every mother or every mother should be. It it distinctly carries a quality that contributes to the family. The fruits that a mother represents brings the family unit together, beloved. The role of a mother encompasses the many unseen links that can never be replaced. I want to make this clear and loud. They do so much, yet they are appreciated so little. She is a necessary element, and I hate to use the word element, but I, was, I, I, I just couldn't find a different word to fit. She's a necessary element to the family unit, but often so unacknowledged. Often they are taken for granted, dismissed. We've come from where we are. For many of us, we are who we are today because of our mothers that have spoken, contributed, and embodied Proverbs 31. You know, I was talking to a boy, a friend of mine this week, a young man, just lost his mom a few months ago to cancer. And my wife and I have known this family from the very moment they walked into church. They came to church, not not our church per se, but they came to church at a time when we were in the mother church. And we've known we known them for a while. We've grown to have a close relationship with them. Many times we've been invited over to their house. They've come over to ours. We've had many memories together. We know the dad very well. In fact, the dad, when he was diagnosed, uh, uh, with, with cancer. Um, they found out eventually it wasn't. Uh, but we were in the hospital with them till the wee hours of the morning, spending time with them. We were very, We are very close, close friends. They lost their mom earlier this year. And through all the battle and the pain and the agony, I was just talking to this young man this week and he began to tell me, he said, when I lost my mom, I felt like I lost everything. And that struck me as I was putting this sermon together because sometimes we don't appreciate them when they're around. And I want to talk to you moving forward about the many women in the Bible. I want to talk to you about eight of them. I'm not going to go through each scripture with you, but we're going to visit them touch and go basis so that we can consider how much impact these women made to their children and their families. And I pray that it will encourage you because sometimes you may feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm not achieving anything. But I want you to know that you are everything to your family. The Word of God tells us about these lives and these women who built their life on faith, sacrificing for their homes, Their contribution, their obedience to God made an enormous, profound impact. You know, there are women in the Bible who were never given the title, the position, called a leader, but made more impact than a leader. Sarah was one of them. We know the story of Sarah in the book of Genesis, that here's Abraham. They waited and they waited for the promise to come to pass. But in that midst of waiting, she remained faithful and committed. You know, the history proves to us that they had to wait about 15 years before God renewed His promise. And 10 more years before, the promise was actually fulfilled. So Sarah, I like to call her the mother who waited. And that that is true, isn't it? With many moms and many mothers who are waiting for a promise to come to pass. And in that midst of waiting for that promise, they remain faithful. They remain dedicated. They don't see it just like the Bible says about Abraham. They passed off to eternity and only after passing off, the promise came to pass. But they are mothers and this value of a mother so many times goes unseen. There are things that they are hoping to see. There are things they are waiting to see, but they've never seen it come to pass. Genesis 21, 6-7, look at the word Sarah spoke. She said, God has made me laugh and all who will hear laugh with me. And all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, for I have borne him a son in his old age. God brought the promise to pass because of a woman who waited for the promise. A mother. I'm here to tell you, can you imagine waiting that long for a blessing? How many mothers out there that no one sees and no one hears about, no one ever talks about, that are waiting for God to do something in their home, their families, their children. You could be that mother who's waiting. Let me encourage you. God is going to fulfill His promise in material what the circumstances are. Sarah believed the promise. She had doubts, no doubt. The Bible tells us she laughed when the promise was given to her. But let's not forget, Isaac would go on to continue the legacy of his father Abraham because of a mother who waited. What about Hagar? Let's kind of twist the events here a little bit. Hagar was a mother. We know she gave birth to Ishmael through Abraham. And many a times we visit that story and we speak of it in a very cynical, pessimistic view of it. But I'm here to tell you, here was a woman that endured the insult, the mocking, the criticism. She endured. She stayed faithful. She continued on without giving up or quitting. That the Bible tells us in Genesis 21 20, it says God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. Hagar thought she would escape her misery. She tried to run away. But God called her to return to it. She obeyed. You know, as much as a mom at that point of time feels like, you know what? There's no point of me living. Look at my children. There's no hope. She's given birth to Isaac. She's the promise. He's the promised child. Not my child. My child is not the promise. And we can look at our children that way. But don't forget Hagar, a mother who endured. And because she endured, because she pressed on, because she didn't give up. She endured the pain, the suffering. Mothers, you could be a hegar this morning, facing pain and suffering, just endure it, beloved. endure it for a while more, because you never know what God may do because of your faith in him, what your child could become. The Bible says, God was with the boy. She endured. Shall we talk about another mother? A mother who had a plan for her son. Right? Oh, think about it. Here here we are. Every mom out there, you look at your children and you aspire them to be someone one day. You want them to be someone great. You have a plan. You have a purpose. You're saving money. You're putting it all aside. And guess what? The king of Egypt shows up and says, kill all the firstborn. And here's Jochebed, a mother with a plan. She said, I'm not going to let that happen to my child. And she fought. In fact, the Bible tells us that you can read it in Exodus 2, Exodus 3. I, I'm not going to pull out a scripture for this, but we know the story. She began to find a basket. She put her son into this basket and eventually sent that in on the River Nile. And that and that basket ended up in Pharaoh's home. His daughter picks the basket up and she finds, she looks for a nurse. She looks for someone who can raise the child up and lo and behold, who that who that person is, uh, uh, we find it was Jochebed, who was determined to find a way to save her son. God blessed her plan, didn't he? She was a mother. Who is she? She was a nobody. She didn't carry a title. She was just a mother. Not only was her son saved from death, she was able to nurse this young man, raise him up until he was old enough, and to go on and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. Oh, how many times mothers like that are dismissed. What about Samson's mother? You don't even find her name in the Bible. Some people suggest that it's from 1 Chronicles 4, and I don't even want to try to say it, but I'll say it Hazelel Pony. <laughs> Hazelel Pony. But she followed the rules in Judges 13.3. The Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared to her. You are barren and childish, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son. Whose head has never been touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. You know, Samson's mother knew something that was something special when the angel of God spoke to her. She was looking. When her husband was afraid they would die, when the husband was afraid that even to face God, beloved, we know the story, she gave birth to a baby named Samson and the Lord blessed this young man with strength that was inhuman. I mean, there was a spirit of God on this young man. And we know that God used him mightily to defeat the Philistine. But what did she do? Oh, beloved, she obeyed God. When God says, Don't touch this, she adhered to it, even in fear of what her husband was dealing with. She followed the rule, she obeyed the command. And, beloved, I'm here to tell you, she was rewarded. Her son, a mighty man, defeated the Philistines. Why? Because of her faith that a mother had. What about Naomi? What about this mother whose husband died, two sons died, all in a span of 10 years, and we know that Naomi heard that God had blessed the land of her people, and she told her daughter-in-laws to go back. But her daughter-in-laws, as we know, they were weeping, and Orpah returned to her people. But Ruth said, Ruth 1, 16-17, "'Entreat me not to leave you, or to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me.'" More also, if anything, but death parts you and me. Ruth was already learning from Naomi's faith. Here was a woman, her mother-in-law to her daughter-in-law. And the Bible tells us she was already, her faith was entreating Ruth to follow her. This is powerful to think of, beloved. Because as you go on forward, you study and you read that Ruth eventually meets Boaz. Boaz and Ruth gets married. They give birth to a young man named Obed, who is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David. The lineage of Jesus Christ. Because a woman who the world would have not known or recognized, an unsung hero or heroine, was indeed one who shared her faith and made a difference in a person's life. What about Hannah? We can go on and on, beloved. Hannah who kept her promise with God. She told God, you know, in the Word of God, in 1 Samuel one twenty, she was praying and the priest said, are you drunk? But then it goes on to say in verses uh, um. Uh, two, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, you can read that in your own time. Or, oh, Sorry, verses 11, 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 11. She made a vow, the Bible says, that's the scripture I gave you, right, Siva? Okay. It says, she made a vow, O oh Lord, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant, forget not. What did she say? She said, I will give my child to you a mother who kept her promise. And you know what happened? We read the story. Samuel lived a life that was dedicated to God. He would go on to eventually lead the people of Israel, who Moses delivered. And eventually, he's the one who anoints Israel's first and second king, Saul and David. Why? Because a mother kept her covenant with God. I hope you're getting this this morning. The power that a mother carries. Elizabeth. The Bible says in Luke 1.25, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when He looked on me to take away my reproach among my people. When Mary, the mother of Jesus, came to visit her cousin, the baby leapt in Elizabeth's womb. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She took great joy in Mary's pregnancy. She didn't look at Mary and say, hey, get lost, you pervert. She looked at Mary and she took great joy because she knew that the Messiah was in her womb the one who's going to save the world. You see, this is the representation. We know that eventually she gave birth, Elizabeth gave birth to a young man, a young, a baby named John, who was going to go on to baptize people from their sin. He would be the one that would prepare the way of the coming Messiah. What a powerful truth. A mother who believed and who simply knew that God is a God who does miracles. The last one, and then we bring this down. We know Mary, the mother of Jesus. The Bible calls her blessed among other women. You know, there, there was a, there was a, there's a scripture in Proverbs 31, and the Bible says, many daughters have done well, but you excel above them all. The truth is, beloved, I'm here to tell you that God sees. You see, Mary treasured the things in her heart. She raised Jesus, beloved. You know, I can only imagine if she said, you know what, ditch this young boy. He's not mine. I don't know where he came from. And just threw him aside and said, let someone else raise him. She could have done that. She could have decided that, you know what, I'm not going to uh, you know, entangle myself with all of this. I'm a young woman. I'm not going to get myself caught up in all of this. No, beloved, but listen, she raised this young boy up. She brought him up in, his, in her own home. She began to look after him only to eventually watch him suffer, torture, mocked and being agonized before on the cross by crucifixion. What a pain for a mother to go through. But for what reason? It was because of her willingness that Jesus, all of it, it, it didn't take only God's, God's response or God's role to do something. It involved human beings like you and I. And Jesus saved mankind from their sin because a mother, a mother decided to play her part. And so I call your attention and close with this thought. Let me remind you, you look at all of these women. I just pointed out to you eight very briefly. But your faithfulness, your dedication, your sacrifice, your testimony will never Be in vain God rewards in the unseen God sees and God hears There's no way to be a perfect mother Someone once said But there's a million ways to be a good one None of us are going to find Being a perfect parent is doable There's none of us who are perfect in our ways But in those moments when the enemy lies to you When your conscience becomes a harsh judge and it judges you and condemns you. Can I tell you, moms, listen, take courage. Take courage and be reminded that what the enemy meant for evil, God is going to turn around for good. We looked at eight women that made very minute, very trivial decisions in life, but it costed them a lot. But every one of them saw their children impacted from their decisions. The choices they made. Jeremiah 31:16, and then we close. Thus says the Lord: Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. And they shall come back from the land of the enemy. Rejoice. You know, my wife has in many times, many instances inspired me. I was telling her, even just yesterday, all that she's been doing and with this MCO in place, I tell you, beloved, that her dedication, her commitment, her faithfulness, you know, so much of what she does is in the unseen. People don't even see. I look... At the camera, and I preach to you, you see me on screen. But she does a lot to make me look good. And the truth is, the reality is, she's an incredible wife, but one of the key distinct qualities that I see, she's managing the children, getting them in school, putting them online, uh, making sure the homework is sent in on time. You know, everything's changed, and it's changed so much. Cooking meals, as you can tell. (laughs) Baking. Putting food on the table. Being there for us. And every night, without fail, sit down with me and spend time. And we chit-chat. We talk about the day and what's happened during the day and all of that. We spend time together. What amazes me is she does so much And she does it with great concern. That means it isn't a job for her. She's not doing this because I need to do it. This is my duty. It's my duty to sit down and talk to you. It's my duty to, no, we don't do that in this home. But she does it because she's concerned, there's love, there's compassion. And that's what I'm trying to talk, to to present to you this morning. This is what is so distinctly different many times with mothers. They do so much and they do it with great concern. See, that's the resilience that is so unexplainable. How do they do so much? How do they bounce back and do it again and again and again and hide behind this facade many a times? knowing they're never acknowledged. And that's why we need to celebrate, acknowledge, and appreciate them today. As believers, more than just the ability of a mother to carry out the physical work, there's so much that goes into the spiritual impact. Powerful promise. Powerful promise in verses 25 as we close. So she shall rejoice in time to come you will rejoice as a mother in time to come. Let me close with this last statement. I read through that entire list. I shared that with you. It's putting the sermon together. And I'll tell you the common denominator. The common denominator with these eight women that I pointed out to you from the Bible did not carry a title with them. They did not carry a position with them as a leader. But they made more impact in their families than any other leader. Because the reality remains a mother has the greatest impact upon her family. And I think this is no coincidence when you read this. That the unseen actions you carry out as a mother is definitely going to impact your children, your family, and they go out into the world and they represent you as you represent Jesus.